Hello, I'm Mark Weaver, president of Mark Weaver & Associates Interior Design. I'd like to invite you to our Instagram Live series called Designers at Home. It's every other Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. It's a casual, informative, and exclusive discussion with renowned architects, interior designers, and artists from around the world. This half-hour podcast program is a recording of the live talk addressing all things design and architecture related, along with personal anecdotes and inspiration. Guests have included Emmy-nominated set decorator Peter Gursky, one of America's leading sculptors, Sabin Howard, renowned architect and artist Leo Marmel, and art advisor extraordinaire Barbara Guggenheim. We look forward to you joining us. Thank you. I, I don't want to say how long, but shortly after I, I entered the design uh, area, I met Hutton and, and Tony Duquette and have known him for probably over 40 years. Um, Hutton is a native of Los Angeles, and he grew up in the architectural offices of his father and grandfather. And then at the age of 18, he apprenticed under the great American um, design icon, Tony Duquette. So Hutton's going to be talking a little bit about his association with Tony. Um, He's going to be joining us from Dawn Ridge, which was Tony's home and, and now the residence of Hutton. So, um, and he's going to give us a little tour. Hutton will also be talking about um, his jewelry line that um, is under the um, Tony Duquette trademark name. And in 1998, at the invitation of Bergdorf Goodman in New York, Hutton and Tony launched a collection of uh, one-of-a-kind fine jewelry. And with the success of this, He's devoted uh, much of his time designing these unique uh, jewelry creations, and you you get to see some of them. They're just absolutely fabulous. So, and these pieces are sold in um, select uh, Saks Fifth Avenue stores um, in New York and Palm Beach, and then through select Neiman Marcus stores. Um, Tony died at the age of 85, and with his passing, Hutton is owner and creative director of Tony Duquette. He continues um, to design this commercial and residential interiors around the world and market Tony Duquette buying jewelry as well as as Hutton's own collection of home furnishings. And he'll talk, it's going to be very brief today, but we're going to talk to him about what he's doing um, with the collection of home furnishings. So here we are. Let's try me? I can see you. Well, I can't see you because I got the oh, camera the wrong way. And, but I can hear you. So, okay. Hallelujah. So, this is Mark Weaver going so, on and on. So now oh. it's Mark Weaver on the Hutton Wilkinson show. Oh, Thank well. you, Hutton. <laughs> and my so, phone's be like crazy. <laughs> 500 people trying to get through to the phone calls, you know, just like at Rush Limbaugh. So here's the deal. <laughs> um, welcome. Welcome. It's been a long time, Mark. I, last time I saw you in person, I was celebrating in Santa Barbara. And uh, I love seeing you yes. there. So I, and I brought some jewelry to show you just because. Yeah, it was great to see you know, your collection. Check this out. It's a necklace in 18 karat mm-hmm. gold. And this treasure right here, this is an 18th century mogul uh, powder, powder uh, horn. This is what you pour uh, gunpowder into a musket. Right. All carved jade and, and rubies and emeralds and pearls and chrysoprase and all kinds of wonderful things. So it's a wonderful necklace. And uh, you, you pull this stopper out and pour it into your musket. But 
Hutton's turned it into a necklace for Tony Bouquet. And I thought a small bracelet might amuse you with diamonds and rubies and pearls set in 18 karat gold. Turn it a little bit so we so can see it toward the camera here. Oh, oh. that's I have no idea where the camera is. Stunning. Or what it like. Yeah, it's pretty cool. The, emer the, the rubies are set on top of pink, pale pink amethyst. You see that they're all faceted underneath. So it's really kind of fabulous. And those pearls were made by very irritated oysters. I want you to know that. <laughs> this is a brooch. Here's kind of a, I, I pinned it to this rock crystal candle holder, but don't you think it's kind of great? It's a seahorse in malachite with emeralds and pearls and diamonds. Really groovy. Okay. That's kind of fabulous. These are all also. unique, one of a kind pieces also, right? All one of a kind, made in New York, uh, precious and semi-precious. I thought you might like to see the cupcake ring. It's a giant 100-carat uh, chrysoprase with the diamonds and rubies and pink uh, tourmalines on the side. But it's kind of gray. But it's great next to my imperial jade ring. And then these earrings are kind of fabulous. They're, they're, you know, they're prehistoric amber with you know, prehistoric bugs in them. And uh, uh, kind of... Um, Cognac colored citrines, diamonds, and the black South Sea pearl. So that's enough jewelry. But, you know, we, Tony was making jewelry since. And what um, is that around your neck? Oh, isn't that nice? It's a little something. It's called a talisman of power, and it's turquoise and, and uh, gold. And this is a, a, a eye of a Buddha. You should have seen us with Dodi Rosecrans sitting in, in Amandabad in India, selecting Buddha eyes to make into jewelry. So it's kind of great. We love that. So, yeah, Tony's first piece of jewelry was for the Duchess of Windsor. I found a, a drawing also for a tiara he made for L.C.D. Wolf to wear to the Victory in Europe party given by Elsa Maxwell back in 1945, I guess it was, or 49, or whatever that was, 45. And, uh, and a little note from Elsie saying, put some green lucite stars on it, like emeralds. And so that's kind of fun. So here we are, we're at Donridge. I bought the house after Tony died in 1999. He was 85 years old. And I bought the house to save its life because it's a teardown in Beverly Hills. So... It's a showcase for all of his work. This is the LCD Wolf cabinet. And this was the first piece of furniture. Yeah, this is that one of my favorite pieces. Tell us about this. Well, it's a great piece. I have a letter from... So anyway, so Elsie, Tony was working at Bullock's department stores, and he had made up... He was $15 a week, but show the cabinet. Don't show me. It's much more interesting. <laughs> and uh, he, he made a, a centerpiece for the Weyerhaeuser heiress and for the decorator, James Pendleton, who was married to her. Uh, and it was of the four continents, America, Europe, Asia, and Africa. And it looked like those little people sat on top of the cabinet, but they were about you know, 12 inches tall. And everyone who sat at that table hired Tony. And uh, when Vincent Minnelli saw those statues, um, he, he saw them uh, 28 feet tall at MGM for his next production number. And he went back to MGM the next day, and he said to his art director, I want the next sequence to look like Duquette. And... Um, the art director went away and came back two days later and he said, Vincent, I've been through everything. I've been through the Georges. I've been through the Louis. I've even been through Queen Anne. I can't find anything on Duquette. And Vincent said, he's an artist, not a period. I'll call him myself. And that's how Tony got to do all those MGM musicals with, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Fred Astaire and Vincent Minnelli, all those people. So anyways, I have a letter from Elsie DeWolf to Margaret Case at Vogue saying, uh, I'm sending you a rich, juicy orange, not a sour lemon. This boy is a genius. He's made for me a secretary desk in black and green lacquer. And on top are dancing gods from the Ile de Ball. And then in parentheses, she put, I don't think this kid's ever heard of the Isle of Bali. He's in the army now. And he's made me promise if anything happens to him that I leave the desk to the LA County Army. So nothing happened to him. 
uh, he gave, uh, she gave the desk to him and he gave the desk to me. So what I do now, because I'm, you know, we're doing licensing for Maitland Smith and Jim Thompson and Mata Head of China and uh, Remains Lighting, all these wonderful companies. I take, I've taken a picture of both of these doors, for example, don't mind me, and one of the examples of what I do to bring it up to date, Tony Piquette, is the duketry fabric for Jim Thompson. So it's a Rorschach desk wow. doors. And Sir Charles Mendel called the desk duketry instead of marketry. So we call this duketry. Big best-selling fabric for Jim Thompson. And we're making a whole wow, new collection. That is incredible. For Jim Thompson. It's going to be fantastic. So, by the way, this is the book that I so, wrote. Wait, I was just going to say, don't stop because I just saw your books here. And um, yeah, I think um, these are marvelous books, which tell us about them. And the packaging of these uh, books is so beautiful. Well, um, it, it, well to I see them in person, the colors, the, the fabrics on them. Well, here's the deal. So I wrote these books with my uh, writing partner, Flynn Cooner, and it's called The Walk to Elsie's and The Walk from Elsie's. It's a double box set. Let me just show the box here. Gee, let me, let me get out of the way there. Thank you very much. So it comes in this lovely box, okay? And, uh, and they, they, it's a box set. And they're, look, they have gold edges and they have special books uh, pages that say this book specially printed for the library of Mark Weaver. I know you've read these books because I know that our yes. darling. And this is an incredible these. gift for somebody because the books are just fascinating. I think I signed them with love and kisses, but here's the deal. The deal is, so the first edition sold out before Christmas and they're expensive because they're luxury items, but they, uh, they, they um, were started at hundred and Amazon kept raising the price to 150, 250, 350, 450, until finally the last 24 books sold for $2,000 each on Amazon in one day, which is extraordinary. Wow. Now we have the second edition available. You have a first edition that yes. uh, was given to you as a gift by someone I know very well. And, uh, and you're, you're a client, you're a client. And, uh, and so, um, uh, it's still available on Amazon at $190, the second edition, and it's just as good as the first edition. It's just not the first edition. So, yeah, I, I uh, it's about the first 10 years of Tony Duquette's career. Yeah. Right. It, it's about the first 10 years of Tony Duquette's career, the last 10 years of Elsie Duquette's life. They were together from 1940 right. to 1950, and it starts the day the Nazis crossed the Maginot Line, and Elsie Duquette is giving a lunch at her house at Versailles, and she has to flee from the Spanish border by Rolls Royce. And then when she gets there, you know, and then she gets to Lisbon, she gets on the Yankee Clipper, she arrives in New York, and the headline in the newspaper the day she arrived in New York was LCD Wolf, Lady Mendel, on best dress list, arrives on Clipper, has torn stockings. And we have her <laughs> stockings on purpose as the symbol of the horrors of being a refugee. So right. amazing that, you know, the headline in the t newspaper, it wasn't, you know, Nazis invade Paris, uh, Jews go to concentration camps, it was has torn stockings. So that's kind of fun. So the house, I redecorated the house completely. If Tony and Beagle, his wife's name was Elizabeth, but they called her and we called her Beagle because she had the, the industry of the bee and the soaring poetry of the eagle. But if they were to walk into the house today, they'd recognize all the things, but they wouldn't recognize the placement. When they lived here, it was all 17th, 18th, and 19th century antiques, European antiques and Chinese things. And uh, I used to ask Tony, why don't you show your own work? He didn't really have an answer, but I think he felt 
If he was surrounded by beautiful uh, antiques, people would think that he was rich. Well, he was rich. And, uh, and so, anyways, we had to sell all the 17th, 18th, and 19th century antiques to, to pay the heirs, who are his nieces and nephews, brothers and sisters, and the government, of course, the biggest heir of all, Uncle Sam, and uh, totally confiscatory. And um, therefore, we have uh, redecorated using only things made by Tony and Elizabeth. So you can see his biomorphic console and mirror, uh, which is now being made by Maitland Smith. It used to be made by Baker, but now it's uh, Maitland Smith. Uh, there's Beagle's portrait by Man Ray. She was walking into a party at LCD Wilson. She put the variegated ivy leaf in her hair, picked it from the front door next to Elsie's uh, front door. And uh, Man Ray came running across the room and said, I must photograph you exactly as you look right now. So this photograph is in every museum and it's in every art gallery. It's called Young Girl with Ivy Leaf, but nobody knows it's Elizabeth Duquette. I have eight original ones signed by Man Ray. And then Tony Duquette here by Platt Lines, George Platt Lines, uh, photographed for his first exhibition. It was photographed for Vogue, his first exhibition at the um, Mitch Lyson Gallery in, in uh, Beverly Hills. The Little Dressed Birds were made by Tony. They were given to a friend of his named uh, Peggy Ward, and Peggy gave them to a darling friend of mine and Tony's, uh, Penny Bianchi, and Penny just gave them back to me, which is so sweet. So we love dress birds. Uh, he, he wanted a giant Argus bird that was at the Museum of Natural History, and they said, we'll sell you the Argus bird if you buy all of our dead birds. So we had boxes and boxes, crates of dead birds. Here are his three-dimensional costume designs for DeRozan Cavalier, San Francisco Opera. Tony did costumes and sets for movies, film, uh, uh, television, uh, 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 opera, ballet, and the theater. He won the Tony Award for Best Costume for Camelot on Broadway. Yeah, and a lot of people, I, I don't know if they're aware of it, in Los Angeles, the curtain at the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion was designed by Tony. Exactly, and he did the interiors of all three theaters. He was the interior yes. designer for the three theaters. Then uh, he also designed the opening night uh, performance of Solome costumes and sets. So it was just one thing, after, he was a busy guy. Here's his portrait by Siegfried Reinhardt with Elizabeth. She's wearing the necklace he designed for the Duchess of Windsor. And that was, a, that was an important piece of jewelry because before that necklace, your grandparents and your, your grandmother and your mother would not wear um, 18 karat gold after five o'clock. They only wore platinum. And this changed everything. It was a, a, it made a yellow gold and the Duchess wore it and it started the fashion for yellow gold after five o'clock. Another Camelot figure here. Um, the interesting part of the room for me, if the, if the place was catching on fire, you know, I th there's only a couple of things I would take, but uh, I would take the Lambricans over the windows. I don't know how I'd get up there, but I'd burn my knee. Anyways, so uh, dipped plaster, it's a, it's a, a T-shirt fabric, jersey dipped in plaster and painted to look like tooled leather with uh, 18th century wings from Italy and silver urns from Spain. The curtains are Jim Thompson, uh, Tony Duquette for Jim Thompson, uh, fireworks, Beau d'Artifice, and I've lined them in ermine tail, silk and linen, also Tony Duquette for um, Jim Thompson, it's called Herminia, and because when he did Beauty and the Beast for the San Francisco Ballet, he lined the proscenium curtain with ermine tail, so I thought it was really important to do. And these fabrics are currently available, right? They're currently available, and I'm making a brand new collection right this minute for Jim Thompson. The interesting thing is, so when I bought the house, there was turquoise silk satin curtains here, and they look yeah. great. 
18th century paintings, but I couldn't afford to clean them and I couldn't afford to change them. So I took them down on the weekend. I spray painted them with red, gold, and pink paint through Chinese grills and things. And these guys, well, Chad, Chad Holman from Jim Thompson came for dinner. It was the first time I met him. And he, um, he said, where did you get that incredible ECOT fabric? I said, I spray painted it on the weekend. And he said, I think you should collection for us. And that's how I got the Jim Thompson collection. The other thing that's kind of fun are the screens at the end of the room. So that whole wall was 18th century paintings back when Tony lived here. And there was no door going through. I put the door through. And uh, try not to show that ugly view through the door. Now, this is so incredible to see this. Well, I've been there and visited it in person, but it's so great to see it again. But you have to come back because, you know, it's a it's a living house. It's constantly changing. There's always flowers, music, food, people. And it's not like, you know, some kind of a museum house that's dead. Um, but the interesting thing is I want to tell you about the screens at the end of the room. So on our last trip around the world, now Tony had four major fires in his life. And every time he had a fire, I would take him around the world to get his mind off of his problems. And the San Francisco newspaper wrote, if... Uh, if, if uh, Tony Duquette's insurance company hasn't heard from him, they call up to make sure everything's all right. I mean, it's so mean. <laughs> Anyways, so we were in Paris. It was the last trip around the world uh, with him and uh, 1999. And I put my hand on one of those sunbursts by Puyarat. And um, uh, I was transported like Harry Potter touching a port key at, to this. And I knew the day would come when I, that wall of 18th century paintings would have to be sold. And I would have to do some decorating. So... So anyway, so I, I was building these and I got to the part about the convex mirrors and they were $60 each and I didn't have $60. And I thought, what would Tony have done? Because he was so modern and of his time. I figured he'd go to hubcaps.com, four for $24. So you see, they're hubcaps. And that's what we do. Oh my God. Tony was always using non-traditional materials to gain traditional effects. And so we continue that tradition. Uh, the light, and you know, also will notice there's no lamps or shades in this room. Everything is there's lighted sculptures. So that's his ghost snail, and uh, it you know lights up to to give us light. The pagodas made to look like they're made of rock crystal. Um, the doorway was a a wedding present at his wedding. He was married. Uh, Tony and Elizabeth were married at Pickfair, and Mary Pickford was the matron of honor, and Buddy Rogers was the best man. Mary Pickford, you know, besides being America's sweetheart, was um, the, one of the founders of United Artists Studios, and Buddy Rogers won the first Academy Award for Wings, a silent film. So at the wedding, there were the daughters of a Greek shipping tycoon, and they said, we're going to give you a silver tea set for your wedding. And Tony said, I don't want a silver tea set. I want the front doors of your house. So they sent three sets of doors, two 16th century Spanish doors, which had burned up in a fire, and this 17th century Italian doorway, which used to have an old master painting in the middle of it. I, got, I had to sell the painting, and I put in a sheet of glass, you know, a sheet of mirror, and I put his one-eighth-inch scale model of the Primal Sun sculpture. And that is now at UCLA. And then the paintings on the, on the staircase, he used to have 17th century paintings of Venice. I put his paintings of Venice, which were displayed at the Louvre in 1951. He was the first and only American to have a one-man exhibition at the Louvre in Paris. And the other paintings in the room are all by Elizabeth Duquet. And so she was a talented artist. She used to do murals for MGM, for Vincent Minnelli. She did the, uh, all the paintings. Really beautiful paintings. Yeah, she was a wonderful artist. And, and very, you know, she didn't have a gallery. She, didn't, she, she never sold them. She just gave them away. But she was wonderful. And she, um, she did all the paintings for Elizabeth Taylor in the movie Sandpiper, where Elizabeth Taylor had to pretend she knew how to paint. So that was kind of great. So uh, the, the seashells on the walls, the panels of seashells, 
are left over from an undersea uh, party that Tony did for Mrs. William Matson Roth, the steamship heiress, Matson Steamship Company. And in the 60s, they would give, she would give one party a, a year, uh, and Tony would plan it a year in advance. And in the 60s, she spent $365,000 for one night's decoration. That was a lot of money in the 60s, like $3 million. Wow. Mm -hmm. And lately, you know, lately, our budgets are around a million nights decoration, but these are great, and, and it's an undersea ball. He did so many parties for her. It was extraordinary. The, the big, uh, just tell me when you want me to shut up. The big, uh, oh my God, Pat Hutton, don't shut up. That's what I love about you. You're just a fountain of, of information. Well, you know, you, they say enthusiasm is marketable. Anyways, uh, the yeah. panel over the door is called a, a fragment of a priestess's robe or a specimen of rhinestone disease. And show the ceiling, G. The ceiling is original to the house, 1949. Um, and it's painted by Elizabeth and Tony. And, and the, of course, the, the shaft picture is incredible. What is the picture? Oh, no, it's a Tony Duquette chandelier from 1949. He had the Venetian glass flowers uh -huh. uh, uh, blown to look like Piemont lilies. And the thing is, if you look closely at it, it's extremely simple. It's just got simple, you know, wire... Uh, arms and it's it's a very simple piece and so that's groovy and uh, everything so th and that's sort of I mean I think I've, we've discussed so much of the, the room and um, yeah and you know the house it was originally it was a 30 by 30 foot square it was 900 square feet from that wall to this wall from that wall to the front door it's only 30 by 30 feet so 900 square feet smaller than a small New York apartment and people say it's the grandest house in Beverly Hills, and it's actually the smallest house in Beverly Hills. But um, we use it as our office, and uh, I built a house next door to sleep in. And then, of course, the garden, it, we can't take you out to see the garden. because yeah, and the garden, I, I visited the garden, is just beautiful. Yeah. Well, you're, and, you know, I've written a new book called Dawn Ridge, and it's about this house, and it's a compound. It's, uh, we have five and a half lots here with three houses on it. And... Um, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's an extraordinary place for parties and things. But my cell phone, as you can tell from our earlier experience, uh, doesn't doesn't work out there. It barely works in here. I'm right. so happy we got together finally. Uh, but yeah, so so this is our story. So Dawn Ridge is it's available on uh, Amazon and it's by Abrams. Publish Abrams is my publisher. They published four books of mine, and I also have an adventure series that is very amusing called the Gaspar Brown Mysteries. There's nine books. Five have been published. And you might want to look those up on Amazon, too, because they're amusing. And they're very decorative. And he's a 14-year-old boy with lots and lots of uh, uh, good manners and things. So, yeah, I think, you know, we've kind of seen this room. And we, we're scared to uh, go elsewhere. G can, G can show you the next room over, but we don't think the telephone works in there. So if we go dead, you'll know right, that. I think I, your no, audio will I'm, cut I'm, out. I'm, but we can I'm, take I'm, a visual look into there. You know, I'm on my way to Forest Lawn. You've done Hutton, right? Well, I did it all basically, yeah. But this is this room is entirely redecorated. Yes, the fabrics on the curtains are Jim Thompson gemstone in, in lapis lazuli, and and everything is here. And it's probably is it a nice picture? Is it a dark picture? No, it's a, a good picture. You know, the house was just used for ratchet. It was the house of Sharon Stone, who was actually, um, uh, yeah, it was a friend of Tony. It photographed beautifully for for ratchet on Netflix. Brian Murphy production. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, it's, it would be wonderful to go in here, but the minute you walk in that room, the audio and 
uh, video stopped. Yeah, it goes unfortunately. So, you know, the great now. thing about it is that everybody should be buying these books because it chronicalizes all of this. Right. Everything. Well, in your, my books, presumably, you know, I didn't know I could read, let alone write, but um, you can read them from cover to cover. So the first book was called Tony Duquette, and it's his history of his life. The next one is called More is More, Tony Duquette. It was more about the daily process of design and, and what took place in his studio day by day. And then um, the next book was called Tony Duquette, Hutton Wilkinson, Jewelry, which was really a really great book of jewelry, all one of a kind. It was kind of the history of the stones because we believed in the power, the healing and, and, and protective power of stones. We believe in that. And then it came uh, the Don Ridge book. Those are all by Abrams. Um, and then this fabulous book on LCD Wolf, The Walk to LCs. Um, yeah. Great book. If you buy it, I'll be happy to sign it for you. So, um, and then, of course, my little adventure stories, which are which I think are, are kind of great. So, yeah, so there's our life story. Well, Hutton, so mm -hmm. you were, what, were you 18 when you started with Tony? Well, yeah, okay, so here, go over there. I'm going to sit down because, you know, I'm okay. old now. <laughs> and deep breath. <laughs> so, yeah, so you're 22 now. Okay. Um, when I was in seventh grade, um, I read about Tony Duquette in the Los Angeles Times Home Magazine section on a Sunday morning, sitting next to my father, who was a very square architect, at the breakfast table. And there was Tony and Elizabeth Duquette. They lived in a silent film studio. They never. They lived here for one year. Then they moved to Paris, where they had their his exhibition. When they moved back, they moved back. They rented this house to Marlon Brando, um, uh, Glynis uh, Johns, uh, Ava Gabor. Uh, Nancy Oakes, whose father, Sir Harry Oakes, was murdered in the Bahamas. You know that when she was married to Hoyne uh, uh, Hune. So, and then finally to Sue Mangers lived here for many, many years. So, so he, he moved back to his old studio on Fountain Avenue, which was next to a liquor store. And the side wall, and you'll see it in my books, the side wall of the liquor store was painted with a mural of Venice, which is really adorable. And that's where they kind of hung out. So after that, they found this old building on Robertson Boulevard near Santa Monica, which was his studio. It was a silent film studio it belonged to Norma Talmud. It was built for her by her boyfriend, Joe Shank. So here it was an abandoned ruin, and he bought it and fixed it up, and that's where they lived. It was like a Venetian palace, not on the exterior. It was hideous. But on the interior, the room, I mean, the, the living room was 150 feet long, 28 feet wide, and 28 feet tall with a stage at the end. So here is Tony in, in the Los Angeles Times. He's sitting on a throne from the, from the Chapultepec Palace wearing the robes of a cardinal, surrounded by abalone and mother of pearl and crystal chandeliers. And I turned to my father and I said, this is what I'm interested in. And he said, you're 100% crazy. So I clipped the article. I mean, there was Beagle posed in the dining room with the ceiling from the Hearst collection, the French doors, 18th century brought from Paris. It was just an amazing article on them and how creative they were and how they lived in this alternate kind of lifestyle in a in film studio. So, um, I clipped the article, I saved it, I asked all my parents' friends, do you know Tony Duquette? Some of them knew him, but nobody would introduce me. And finally, I had an art teacher, and just, she, I was 17 at this point, and, um, and she, uh, she, we used to play Tony Duquette, just her and me, nobody else, none of the other kids. And if you were Tony Duquette, how would you do this project? So um, I was in that school for about two weeks, and, I, and she put a note in my locker and said, Tony's looking for volunteers. I quit my school and quit my job that day. I had a job in a fabric shop called Jay Clark on, uh, they sold old world beavers uh -huh. on Robertson Boulevard. And uh, I quit that. I was like a stock boy, I was 17 years old. 
And uh, I quit my job and, and went to work for Tony for free. I worked for two years for free. And then um, three years, $50 every two weeks. Can you imagine? I was so rich, I can't tell you. And then <laughs> I said, you know, I think I can do better on my own. And I opened my own business and made a pile of money as a decorator. Um, and uh, it was Jimmy Carter. It was 20% inflation, if you remember. You might have been in diapers back then, Mark. But anyways, and, uh, and then... Uh, and you could buy, you know, it, and the houses were $30,000. And so anyway, we had a lot of money. And, and so we became bis, uh, uh, investment partners in real estate. And we were buying office buildings and apartment houses and flipping houses and these. And then um, he got older and people started offering him really good jobs. And he didn't want to take them. And I said, take the jobs. I'll do the work and we'll split the profit. So we became business partners. And then about five years before he died, Bergdorf Goodman called us and asked us to make a collection of one-of-a-kind jewelry. And he wasn't that interested in, I said, I, I, so I, you know, I really was the designer from day one, but that's okay. Uh, he liked it. And, um, and we did that and we became, you know, then we became kind of really very official, uh, business partners. And I bought half of his business. And then when he died, I bought the other half of his business and the trademarks to his name and, and we continued doing it. So it's sort of like, uh, I always say, when's Hutton going to be Hutton? But, uh, Tony was a great, great artist. He was and, and, you know, and, and I, I did, you know, I, I inherited his books. I inherited his clothes. I have 100 pairs of pants that don't fit. I inherited his jewelry, which basically is a watch. And uh, that's it. And, and, you know, now I own the business and whatever. So what I'm getting at here is if I'm not analytical, and I can't tell you why I like something or why I don't, but, but until finally it comes to me. But I realized after I inherited his library, and of course I didn't forever that all of his books and elizabeth's books were all about art sculpture you know fine art uh you know painting sculpture whatever and all of design and decor so i'm really a major decorative artist and he was really major a really great fine artist but he, he dabbled in decorative arts and you know his clients were norton simon j paul getty uh, doris duke right you had and you know you've had such a, a, a list of notable clients um, well during the career yeah so, and, and what I, do you consider, I, I had my own what do you consider a highlight um Hutton, of your career well, the highlight would be Dodie Rosecrans Palazzo Brandolini in Venice and so we were at lunch with Dodie we just finished her house in Paris we were going to take a trip around the world just to have some fun right with uh -huh. her and um and she said at lunch she said where else in, in Europe can I get a house to live in and we both simultaneously said Venice. I was on the board of, say, Venice for 28 years. And I, and I knew the Palazzo Brandolini, and I knew it was empty and the whole thing. So we both said Venice, and we got her Palazzo Brandolini, and we decorated it, and it was beyond anything. She was like the Marquesa Casati. She was fantastic. And we introduced her to everyone in Venice, Paris. And, um, and we, you know, she was published in House and Garden, Town and Country, and Vogue. And we got all of that for her. She was a fantastic gal. Um, but that would be a highlight. But the, um, uh, I said to Tony when I was little, I said, why, why, do, your, why do people hire you? What, what, what is the attraction? He said, I can give them something that nobody else can give them, give them one of the kind things. And that's the whole story is custom design. That's where the money is. And that's where, of course, the unique individuality. We believe, you know, the, the individual is very, very dead these days. Everyone wants restoration hardware. Everyone wants their houses to look the same. Everyone wants a white, big, gray mess. 
And that's all fine if that's really what you want. But if you're just trying to be like your neighbor or your girlfriend or whatever, that's another problem. We believe in, in expressing our and, 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 and uh, uh, inspiring individuality. Well, that's what good design is all about. Yes. Through your house, through your parties, you know, be yourself. You don't, everyone's so scared to be themselves. They're scared to, to express their opinion even. Everyone wants to wear blue jeans and a t-shirt and uh, because they don't want to be attacked on the street. They don't want to call attention to themselves. Where are the characters? Where, where are the centrics these days? Uh, in the 30s and 40s, I mean, England and America were full of them. So it's a, it's a world, you know? It's, and and yes. so we believe in the individual. We believe, besides the rights of the individual, we believe in, 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 in the right to express your individuality and creativity and, and, and the art of living and the living arts to, to promote this through your lifestyle. And, it's and a wonderful yourself. Yeah, it's it, and so we've always been about color. Uh, I'm not saying that I don't like an all-white room. I mean, I'll take a Siri mom room any time of the day. Uh, but I, we like color, and and uh, we've never wavered. You know, you also to your own self be true. Sometimes I do um, waver, and I mean, let's say I'm at Neiman Marcus or Saks or something selling jewelry, and all the people around me are selling bead necklaces like there's no no tomorrow. It's selling beads. Mm -hmm. I better make some beads. So I make beads because I want to give that a try. And then, of course, nobody buys the beads. I have more beads hanging around. So you got to stick to you know, what you know. Do do what you do best. And that's what Tony, you know, Tony was the best at what he did. And so we like to think that we are too. Early. So Hutton, I have somebody that keeps um, on the screen. They want to know where you get your fabulous robes. Oh, ha! So listen, um, $25 in Chinatown. And... I went. I took Dodie Rosecrans one night to um, uh, to see a movie called uh, the the uh, what was it called? It was called The Curse of the Golden the Golden no the Golden um, hold on a minute Chrysanthemum and it was right. with people and almost oh we were so turned on by that movie and so so then that night I sat up I got I bought twenty five robes on Amazon.com I guess is what it's called is it called Amazon or what, what's that called Google I go to Google and. Uh, I got 25 robes. I think I didn't pay more than $25 for anything. And uh, the most beautiful things you've ever seen, okay? All embroidered and all that. So fantastic. I mean, and so then, so Dodie, so every day, you know, she was our house guest. So every day she, I'd say, what do you want to do? Let's go to Chinatown. Every day, let's go to Chinatown. So we went to China. So first I took her to these great places. And, um, and my problem is we're going shopping with guys. I always spend as much as they do. So she spent seventy thousand dollars on stuff, and I spent seventy thousand dollars on stuff. And and uh, she said, "Well, you got better stuff than I did." I said, "Well, I'm making it into jewelry and things." So and I bought fabulous things, unbelievable. But that's neither here nor there. Every day, let's go to Chinatown. So every day we went. There's this one incredible shop. It was a, a, a Fcon is the name of the company. I think that's what it's called. Fcon. Yeah, Fcon. And he was a famous uh, Chinese dealer here in California, in Sacramento, and Los Angeles, Beverly Hills. Uh, Tony bought his first piece of Chinese furniture from him back in the 20s for $25. And so these are his, I knew all of his children, and I know all of his grandchildren, okay? And he actually had three families. He had a white family, he had a Chinese family, and he had another family in China. So he was like a bigamist, but in a big way. And a lot of dough. But in that shop, anyways, we go every day, there's this robe, this incredible robe. 
and it was a co it cost the price of a small sports car, but it was the most amazing thing. And you put it on, and I've had it on television before, but any you know, what this thing called Instagram, but yeah, you put it on, and then you kind of go like this, and it's all turquoise, and you go like this, and it turns into navy blue. It's just like a, it's just unbelievable. So, anyways, we tried it on every day for about five days, and finally Dodie said, "Let's just, let's see that robe again." So she puts it on. She said, "Okay, I'll buy it," and she bought it. And they put it in the brown paper bag, you know, and as we walked out the door, she handed it to me and said, this is for you. It was so dear because I couldn't afford it. Well, no way. I'd rather have had a Ferrari, actually. But uh, <laughs> anyhow, there it is. It, and she was a darling, darling friend and generous and sweet and all of those good things. So, yeah. So where do I get my robes? That's it. I mean, you know, okay. and we, we have antique ones. I mean, we just and we wear them all the time. And it's like pajamas. I go from bed to evening dress without ever having to change, basically. Mm -hmm. So, what do you have to say about that? Uh, I could sit here, I could sit here and talk to you for hours. I know everybody has been yeah. thrilled for you uh, to take us through Don Ridge and show us the jewelry. Um, unfortunately, we're going to have to. We're going to run out of time. So I can't thank you enough for taking us through today and spending the time. You're just one of the I'm most entertaining people I've ever known, and you're so much fun. Well, listen, I hope I didn't talk too fast, and because I tend to do that. And um, I'm sorry about the technical difficulties. I, I was born before the, before the invention of, of uh, amplification. So this is like a whole new thing to have. It's something that you can look at and talk to and get a photograph. It's like too much for me. But okay. you know, take me back to the Titanic where I belong. Okay. Anyway, thank you, Hutton, so much. Working on. Yeah, um, we're going to try and do a little video of it uh, later today, and we're installing it, and I'll um, hopefully be able to put it on a future Instagram show, and I can so share great. that with you. Yeah, sounds really, really great. I love Florida. And I've got, I've got a project there, too, but I can't. I'm waiting to get my vaccine shot before I can go and finish it. I'm also yeah. waiting for Bill. Really boring. I think that's but, a smart okay, well, thing. Be well, and thank, thank you, you so much. I love you. Oh. All right. Bye-bye, Hutton. I'll see you later. Thank you for listening to Designers at Home. Follow us on Instagram at Mark Weaver and Associates to listen to live or subscribe to this podcast. If you found this podcast valuable and insightful, share it with your friends, comment, and subscribe. We are also on YouTube at Mark Weaver and Associates. Thank you.